This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Today I'm joined by Hayley Cole and Gabrielle Sigelski, who co-owns Sydney PR agency Stella, to discuss cultivating company culture. Hello and thank you for joining me, ladies. My pleasure. My pleasure, Brooke. So how do the two of you define company culture and why is it important? How do we define it? Mm. Okay. Um, I think that how do you define a culture it's yeah. it's a feeling and an energy really isn't it and yeah. that, i think it's a feeling and an energy within a team but it's also that feeling and energy that is between you and the, your clients yeah mm-hmm. i would also say it's it's there is a little bit more serious tone to it as well like it is about how the values and the ethics and the being and the how how do you want your brand to be seen and felt as well to a degree and I think every employee has a responsibility to contribute to the company culture but it's really led by the managers they create it they nurture it they develop it what do you think is most important to employees when it comes to company culture what do they want from it I think it's creating an environment of trust, support Mm. and respect. They were probably the three key words. I mean, there's a lot of other words Mm. that you can throw in there around culture and fun often kind of (laughs) pops up there. But I think at its core, trust is just so important between staff and and owners and clients. To know that your manager's got your best interests at heart. Yeah. Is that where you're going with the trust? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And yeah, Mm, best interest, but also just a, um, a genuine trust like that you know, they can go that to they that can, person yeah mm-hmm. that they Vulnerable feel comfortable or, coming to you or, and that they know you feel confident in them and giving them that ability to go and represent your brand and represent your clients and um yeah and it just creates a really kind of peaceful working mm. space if everyone is on that same level that's right because you want you want your staff to be proud of, of where they work and who they represent you know and i think that's a fundamental you know um need that we have as managers we want our we want our staff to be proud of where they work and i think part of that is about empowering them and that comes from you know having really trusted trusted supportive respectful environment and you just touched on this Haley. And that word fun, I think, pops up a lot with company culture. How much do you think employees really care about the fun component of working at a company? Yeah, I know I certainly did in my his, in my kind of, you know, history of, of life working. stages. Yeah. I think it ranged <laughs> I know differently it used to in life stages. Yeah, I think, I, I think where we're kind of at with that is I think it's certainly, uh, it's really important to celebrate the wins. You know, to to know that we're really proud of our staff when they achieve, you know, super special things, and and I think it's important to have a moment to um, reflect and be proud and to celebrate. I think it's how you celebrate is, you know, kind of is up to each um, business owner or manager. Um, I think we're kind of taking the route of, you know, tr- giving experiences to our staff that they wouldn't necessarily prioritize and buy for themselves as rewards are you talking about as or rewards as, yep. as, but so it's kind of less tequila shots more massages <laughs> <laughs> reflective of our life stages tequila shots definitely at christmas party yes. um but yeah it's about and it's again looking at personalities in, yeah. in, in the exactly. team and mm-hmm. what what does fun mean to each of you and i think you yeah. don't want to always make it about 
the after work drinks if you've yeah. got somebody that doesn't drink absolutely <laughs> or you know a quieter type that might enjoy a different type of experience so to Gab yeah, yeah to Gab's point celebrating moments is something we're really big on um, but I guess it's just doing that in a different way depending on who's working with mm. you at the time or what that moment is and, and how you do it. And you're not necessarily, when I say you, a company isn't necessarily responsible for creating a social culture there. I mean, every staff member, especially when you're That's in a right. bigger company, yeah. you can make your own friends and you can go to after work drinks together if you want. I think That's there's this line between, like you said, are you rewarding people? Are you motivating people? Are you yeah. inspiring them by doing something? Or are you just giving them an excuse to do what they would have been doing That's on right. a Wednesday night after work anyway. We certainly found moments to, to yeah. have after work drinks. Hey? Yeah. Absolutely. We found <laughs> Back in the several. day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the culture thing is funny because I think sometimes businesses can get a bit lost in trying to portray their culture externally and I think that's mm. really hard to do. It's a bit hard to pinpoint and put into words what an agency's culture is until you're almost in it or yeah. a part of it in some way. And I think anybody that has interacted with Stella, whether it's staff, suppliers, clients, would have a inherent feeling and understanding of what the culture is of our business. But I, I don't know that I'd ever be able to articulate it in a few words. But mm. I think well, that, that... that was going to be my next question that, you know, Stella's been around for 20 plus years and the two of you have been on board owning it for the last couple of years. Mm what were your focuses when you came on board in mm. terms of putting a footprint on, you know, did anything need to change or were you inheriting a really yeah. strong, effective model anyway? Yeah, certainly culturally, I think it was so strong. And I think that was evident in the retention of staff, like, you know, really long standing staff. I mean, Haley been there for 15 years. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, um, so I I don't think culture was really our thing that we wanted to no, change. I think we, to, we really was, wanted to yeah. maintain the culture yeah. that we both had brought That's into right. at having our time at Stella over the years that have been. And it was more about making sure that we don't actually lose that. We wanted to always stay quite true to that. But for mm. us, it was more with the takeover of Stella was more about the rebranding and the relaunching the, the services the and innovating yeah. the business itself. But I think culturally we were in a really strong place already and it was just about what are those key things that you want to make sure you hold on to mm. um, which is some of what we've already touched on I think for me a couple of big ones were supporting each other so I've always felt incredibly supported and I, I hope that our team feel the same way I think that comes down to a, a non-hierarchical um, structure so you mm. know of course yes mm. we're the owners and directors but I, I would hope and I believe that we don't portray that in our the way we communicate with the team to the extent where they feel that we are above them or they are below us in any way. I think we're all really hands-on. It's very much a all-hands-on-deck team environment and that's something we wanted to keep. Um, I think having a laugh is important. Yeah. Not taking yourselves too seriously Not at times. Not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. Um, and working smart. That was another philosophy yeah. that I've... I'm really big on. I think it's, for me it's really about do your best work as efficiently and as well as you can and, and work smart as opposed to, you know, be chained to your desk from 9am to 5.30pm. I think we're, and particularly the environment that we find ourselves in, that's just, you kind of have to work that way now anyway. But I yeah. hope that that's something that doesn't get lost yet, mm. actually because I think it's good for people. Uh, and I think company culture can really be affected by new people coming into a company or a business. And I read a Harvard Business Review study 
which talked about the fact that most of the time when hiring new employees, managers focus on choosing candidates that reflect their current values and norms and behaviours mm. of the company. And they fail to consider cultural adaptability, which is how employees are likely to adapt as the organisation changes. And they found that employees who could quickly adapt to cultural norms as they change over time were more successful in that company mm. than employees who exhibited a high cultural fit when they first hired but were unable to adapt. And so this kind of suggests that the process of cultural alignment doesn't end at the point of hire. When you're interviewing for new staff, what weight do you give to person being the right cultural fit now versus mm. where you want the company to go? Or especially, obviously, we're in COVID times at the moment, so it's particularly difficult. How much consideration do you give for where the company will go? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting point. It is. I think it's um, the cultural fit in terms of what we see then and there is is important. I think we want to make sure that there's an organic kind of integration, integration into the team, to the team. Taking into consideration the existing personalities and how they that role will fit. It's certainly yeah. yeah. However, of course, you always want new energy as yeah, well. That's right. Yeah, and you know, Marguerite had always had a philosophy of always hire somebody smarter than you. So yeah. bring people in that don't have what you already have to offer, whether it's by skill yeah. or, or culture. I suppose. Yeah, of course, we want to build and evolve while staying true to our core values. So I think it's just getting a gauge on yeah how they would fit now and what they could bring to the future mm. so one of the guests important. on another podcast um had learnt from a manager when it comes to hiring hire people that you would want to have over to your house for dinner especially when you're in a small mm. team obviously if you have 20 30 50 employees there's going to be a, a massive range but if you have a small team of six mm. ten people you need to be able to get on with that person. You may be very yeah. different personality like types, but yeah. do you want to sit down and have a dinner with them for two hours and get yeah. to know them? Yeah. I think you're right. It comes down to the size of the business because yeah. I've really enjoyed, if I think back at times where the agency has been at its largest, I've I've really ended up loving the kind of the ones that, Fly in that I didn't think yeah. we were necessarily overly Such aligned because they bring something so new and fresh and energetic. Yeah. And you learn different yeah. things from them. But I think when you are on the smaller side, there's a bit of risk assessment. I think as well, you're not always going to see a true reflection of someone within an interview process. So it's also keeping an open mind as to, you know, um, allowing for movement of people. Or, you know, it's, I think, yeah, it's, you're not always going to truly understand somebody, you know, through a couple of, interviews I mean. mm. so it's kind of you know I think always being open to different personalities different interests and different goals and whatnot yeah and you know think about the probation period when you do hire new employees mm. and it's not just about are they doing the work they should be doing but in that three months like you said Gab you can't pick up in interviews what people are going to like and how they're going to assimilate into a team. But after a month or two months, you should have a fairly good idea. So if you've got a three-month probation period and they're just not gelling and you've given them support and you've kind of given them some direction about what the values and policies and behaviours that are acceptable, then that's the time that you should be utilising that. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to... get rid of someone uh, or to extricate someone from a team once they've gone past that probation period when it just comes down to behaviour and not really getting on. I mean, that's not really a good enough reason to fire someone. Mm. But if you're in that probation period, then, you know, you have the rights, I think, and obviously I don't understand the legalities of it. 
but you know that gives you that that flexibility to utilize that i have noticed um probation periods creeping out like a yeah lot of the time it's it's kind of moved into a six month period now i'm not sure why or yeah i mean my partner's in law and i think they may have a six months and look i think it can take them to really give yeah because it takes you a month to to kind of get into the company and what you're meant to be doing and your team and stuff and then another month to kind of actually start doing work and then you're almost at the end of your probation period so three months can be depending on i guess the level of role that you're in that's right very quick it's a results driven Mm -hmm. role you do don't you you need a longer period Mm. What are some of the common mistakes that can be made when developing company culture, do you think? For me, it's expecting that all people are the same, the same and yeah. work the same mm-hmm. and are driven by the same things. So, again, it's anchoring back to your values. And as long as everyone shares those common values, there's got to be some room around the periphery for personal differences. And um, and that's where getting doing that disc profiling early on and understanding mm. where what your mix is in the team. And I think that's actually also important um, when you are hiring to almost reflect on your current structure before you go into that hiring process and see what do you need to balance your team? You know, do you need another influencer or do you need someone that's going to bring that steady to the mix of people in the group right now? So definitely don't expect that everybody's going to operate in the same fashion as yourself and be driven by the same things and enjoy celebrating those moments in the same ways and, Try and accommodate for that. I think another one is management not following through on some of those cultural principles and standards that you've set. And that can be uh, really bloody annoying when you're a part of that team and you're looking up and they're not doing any of the things that the company is meant to be embracing. That's right. And I think just leading by example. So, you know, if, you know, ensuring that exactly following through. So, you know, if we're not putting too much emphasis on certain things as well, like enabling um, and letting the staff know it's okay to knock off at, at knock off time and, you know, like ensuring that there is, you know, that you're leading by example with what your expectations are. Mm, yeah, absolutely. and I think, look, nobody's perfect. Gav and I have definitely had to pull ourselves up a few times where, you know, you might just be having a bad day and everyone has but everyone's them, watching. but everyone's watching you. <laughs> so you really have to... filter to some extent then if you have a certain level of expectations from your staff we've got to make sure we're delivering on those as well for those that are moving to a new company or a new PR agency and in a managerial role they may be account manager or an account director if you're working somewhere that doesn't necessarily have um, a stable company culture or doesn't have one at all what would you recommend to them to start to build and foster one? How, how should they go about it? Keep in mind, they're obviously not the owner of a company. They're just mm-hmm. entering in a managerial role. Well, okay. So I guess it's firstly asking, you know, and asking and, and if there isn't anything that can be um, presented mm-hmm. by way of... Or defined. Exactly. This is what we stand for. This is, you know, what we want people to think of us. These are our values. Then, you know, identifying that, it's an important part of a business and, and know, maybe asking that project on. <laughs> yeah, take the project on yeah. or ask a leader in the, in the business if they would support you in taking the project on. And I think if you don't already know that, you've got a lot of work to do. That's right. <laughs> but yeah. I would suggest it can be as simple as initiating Friday afternoon drinks or something where you all yeah. snacks or whatever it is that you all sit together in a room and get to know each other and maybe start you know, scribing some of those values or what do, what do we or what, what are three words that each of you think yeah. of when you think of this business mm-hmm. and health checking how aligned you all are yep. yeah. to begin with. 
And I also, you know, that's the internal things and then the external, like I know it's hard to, you know, you need to know what you stand for and, and what you're, you are culturally to then present out. But I think it's, it is important externally, seeing as all businesses have social accounts now, to also implement a part of your culture, your cultural uh, being to your, to your socials, mm. um, whether it's just kind of digging deep into the stories of the people in the business or a little behind the scenes of what happens day to day, I think is also an important factor. Mm, and I think also tap into friends that may work at other companies that have got great company culture. If you're working in-house, it's got different departments. There may be other departments that everyone works quite autonomously within their departments that have got a brilliant company culture set up for their team of five or the team of 20 or something like that. So don't be afraid to to ask people what it is that they really enjoy about, yeah, yeah, about where they work or um, what they've implemented that has been really successful. And, you know, you kind of touched on this before, but talking to your team about what it is that they feel they're missing from their company culture that they would, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I think as um, what we've found as well, moving from, I suppose, being directors of the business to owners of the business is also that transparent the two-way transparency so as much as you want your team to come and ask you questions I think sharing with them where the business is what journey you're taking them on what your vision is is really important to set a cultural tone for what kind of getting everybody aligned especially of late especially of late you know with the kind of the pressures that small business, especially, well, business in general has mm. been in over the past, you know. Because we're still in the midst of COVID at the moment. We've mm. made a real effort to Haley's point that, you know, we really have tried to remain really transparent with our staff on what we're driving, what we're trying to achieve or where we're at, you know, I think it's and what, been, yeah, what our goals are, where, where we see the business in three months from now, yeah. where we see it in six months from now, so that they're not flying blind mm. or feeling unsure so that they can plan their lives yeah yeah and align their expectations of their professional growth yeah. if you know if you're a team of four and you have said this is it and we're really comfortable being a team of four we don't you know and we really like the dynamics of these particular mm. roles then you'd be thinking mm, well there's no one really more for me to learn off besides the one or two people above me and perhaps there's not the opportunity for career growth that I would like, or I'd like to be able to diversify my skill set. And if this particular company is just retaining the structure as it is at the moment, then maybe long-term this isn't the fit for me. So Mm. having that understanding allows people to go, right, is, you know, will this long-term be the the Mm. correct fit? Yeah. Yeah. And in an ideal world with ultimate transparency, which isn't that common, um, you know, your your staff would have that conversation with you as well, where they, they feel comfortable somewhat, divulging that mm. <laughs> I think so and then you you have the ability of planning for their potential departure mm-hmm. yeah um, or, I think adapting. Would, yes. or adapting yes. yes saying we don't want to lose you yeah we hadn't considered doing this but you're so essential yeah. to what we do and we love we love you here we'll see whether we can diversify the business or expand it yeah, or... And we've, we've absolutely done that with staff in the past where we've you know encountered moments where they're feeling a little bit lost or maybe thinking about a shift in direction and we kind of work through that process with them and if they are people that we feel really passionately about retaining we work we on a little plan with them, with them. and, and i think in a sport in a small business it's really hard to hide any kind of you know when someone's off and so i think it's you know you tend to you can it's fairly evident when someone is starting to feel a little unsteady or uncertain about 
their place and their um, their commitment. So I think it's again coming back to the management management conversation we were having is it's about addressing it and being proactive when you see it to ensure that you're given as much warning and you can work together if that's viable on that that path or that journey. Mm. And that's honestly in 15 years of Stella is probably only one <laughs> that I can think of where that hasn't been the case, where it has taken me quite by surprise and you think, yeah, I think right. well, oh well, if, not, if we didn't see that coming, maybe that wasn't right anyway and that's where that cultural Mm. anchor is so important so Mm. I think if you nail the cultural fit and you are all aligned on your values and your approach to doing business it's usually you've got the trust and the yeah then it's usually all pretty smooth sailing for everybody Mm. okay thank you ladies there's some great insights and tips there and for those listening from their bus or their bed or their work desk or even the beach if you're enjoying the episodes I'd love a quick rating and review via apple Podcasts or itunes or whatever platform you're listening to this on Thanks for listening to the PR pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.